with an eye. <laughs> this is Moss Wheeland and Story in Mind, and I'm with Jenny Merrifield. Yes, yeah. I got a right for that. Uh, thank you for talking with me, Jenny. Sure, not a problem. It's good to do so. Uh, so, uh, Jenny is doing uh, WIXFA. She's, uh, is it uh, president? Uh, yes, I'm the president this year and was last year as well. Yeah. And, and you're also double, I don't know if we're going to double, but uh, double, book. double yeah. books. <laughs> uh, the chair. The sorry. chair of VCON, yes, uh, right? And that's not normally, it, it's not normally the same person that does that. Um, there's nothing against it, obviously, um, but it just happened that how right. it worked out this right. time. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my situation. It was sort of like sort of things up in the air, got to grab somebody. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You'll, you'll take it. You'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, right, and so right now we're at the pop-up bookstore. Yeah. And uh, is, how often has this happened? So the pop-up bookshop started last year when we started realizing that we really needed to do fundraising because we hadn't done a lot of it before, um, but the cost of convention space and everything has just gone up so much so uh we did three two or three last year i'm trying to remember we did one out in abbotsford because andrea who's dealing with her she lives out there and it was her idea so she did one out there and then we did one here in uh august so i think maybe we did two last year and then uh we kept collecting books and this is our second one this year and we're we will be doing another one probably in Abbotsford and anywhere else. One of the things that we need is uh, this one today and the one we had, the last one we had this year is uh, at the house of our vice president, Dava uh, Carter. And uh, Chris Brand, her husband, is also on the uh, board. He's the secretary. Right. Um, and uh, which is good. It's New Westminster, so it's not too, it's easy to get to for stuff. Um, and then the, re the Abbotsford is nice because you're out in the valley, and the place we found doesn't cost anything. It's a community room at, at a, a mall. I can't remember the name of the mall. Andrea, what's the name of the mall? High Street, uh, High Street Mall. <laughs> and uh, uh, we are looking for places, other places, to have it that are free or inexpensive that that we can you know like maybe 25 bucks for like the day kind right, of thing right. um that are in areas that are either that we don't get out to or that would be really easy for people to get to so anybody knows anything let us know <laughs> just just for my own interest uh are the are the books stored in one spot because i saw a photo of the cat yeah. and i was like where is this happening where is this happening well so um books are so we had the books in the storage over the winter, uh, but while we've been doing them, they they've lived this year at the house of Dava and Chris. Right. Um, the books that you saw the photos of were new books that Andrea had collected to bring today. Oh, I see. Right, okay. and so she had them, and she was taking pictures with her cats and and stuff like that. And sometimes, like last year, Dava would do some things that like we took pictures of. Look at all these books that we have by such and such an author or, or whatever. And uh, but yeah, it, so when we're actively doing them, we're keep them in somebody's place when we're kind of in between then we put them in the Wixville locker so that they're out of the way <laughs> okay let's let's shift gears and talk about vcon right. and so i think it's that i i talked or i emailed you i think last year yeah. before vcon and uh, eventually got involved in in programming yes. uh, and, and sort of wound that. that that's right and I, I got onto panels. Yes. I mean that's yeah. um let's see. For you for you, how did this how did this all start? Because how did I get involved? It, to me, you're deeply entrenched. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, going yeah. And it's funny, a lot of people think of me that way. Um <laughs> so when I was 
give a little background that's not yeah, directly yeah. related. Okay, so I have two undergraduate degrees. My first degree was at UBC. It was in classical studies. Ancient Rome, Greece, history, architecture, archaeology, that kind of thing. Lots of fun. Not very good in the job market. Decided I didn't want to be a receptionist, so I went back to school. Unclassified year. Then I ended up going to Simon Fraser and getting an engineering degree. Oh. Computer electrical engineering. I've always had both of these things. I'm, I'm, you do those left-right brain things, I'm dead center. Yeah. Okay. So um, when I was in my engineering degree, uh, they have a Simon Fraser's engineering department has a mandatory internship program, which is co-op. You have to do it every, you know, you, first two semesters at school, semester of co-op, semester of school, semester of co-op, semester of school. So when I was on my second internship uh, with a company whose name I cannot remember, I met a fellow named, uh, 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 oh my God, I can't remember his name. His uh, last name was Powell. Uh, he was a guy. He was a guy. He was an older guy, like in a Santa beard kind of thing. And oh my God, why can't I remember the name? It's gonna, if he ever hears this, he's gonna kill me. Um, anyway, last name Powell, and That's we we good. became we became good, you know, friendly. And he told me about a couple of things. Uh, he was involved with the SCA, which I'd heard of before, and so we went and did something with that. And he told me about Vicon, and uh, it it he was like, you should come out to this thing, and and I did. I I used to do really crazy Halloween costumes and I had this Halloween costume that was a Martian sort of like a retro style Martian with like the puffies and it made me I had a green bodysuit with a silver bikini on top so it was like I was a mostly naked but it wasn't naked right like that was the idea behind it and did, I went did, I went to like face makeup yeah and like face that? paint and green hair and, and all this stuff and people were like they thought I was Judy Judson at first but I'm like I've got dealy bobber thingies like I'm sorry I was like I'm Judy Judson dressed up as a Martian to go to a party anyway I ended up winning a prize at the costume contest um and so I, that was 92 uh and I think it might have been the last VCon before there was a short break, because right. there, or it might be the second to last, but it was definitely the last one that they had at UBC um, in May. And, uh, and so I went to that, and then it went away for a while, and then I heard about it again, and I was like, oh, I remember, let's go, and I got my friends to go, and it was the first one after the break, and it was a little subpar. And my friend, I'm like, I'm sorry, it was so much better the last time. Like, the gaming room was so much better and everything, and, and they were like, well, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I'd always kind of, and, I, and then over the years, I, I'd, I'd go out every, not every time, but maybe every other year, and then we moved, I moved to the States for a few years, I got the company I worked for was acquired by Microsoft. So I went down to the Seattle area and I would come back up here to go to the event. And uh, um, then we moved back here for various reasons uh, in 2006. And I made a point of going there um, with an idea for the games room because I've always been a role-playing tabletop gamer. Okay. It's my thing. Okay. And while I was living in Seattle, PAX started. Right, right. I went to the very first PAX. In fact, I went to the first three PAXs, which were completely different from what PAX is like today. But one of the events they had at the very first PAX was what they called the D&D... Uh, battlegrounds and what everybody you were supposed to come the first time you made yourself a 20th level character okay. and you went one-on-one -on -one, head-to-head with another person whoever oh. won went to the next round and then you went head-to-head -head. so right so the first year 20th level was crazy like it was ridiculous and it really because <laughs> 20th level characters and, and this was D&D 3.5 right okay. or 3 3.5 and uh and so the next year they did it they dialed it back to uh, 12th level, which was still kind of crazy, 
but was better. <laughs> and then the third year, they dialed it back down again to ninth level, which is good because it's just at the point where for where magic users start to get like the killer stuff, the good stuff, and they're, they're and the fighters haven't lost so much. Because right. what was happening the twentieth and the twelfth of magic, anybody who had magic just completely obliterated anybody that didn't didn't have magic. Anyway, the the concept of this, I thought it was so awesome. And so when we came back, I'm like, I want to do this at VCon, and I found VCon was running, and I went and I and I did, and I ran a couple of things, and I did the ninth level, and we had a lot of fun. And I was like, I want to get involved, so I found the chair I'm like I want to be involved I want to be on your committee to help with this stuff and, I, and I'm like I, I, I did web stuff I'm like I'll be your webmaster so that's how I started and this was 2007 okay. so in January of 2007 I officially joined the ConCom and that would have made me so we're in 19 40 not quite 40 it was like 38 when I was something like that yeah yeah 39, 39, that's right. See, I can't do math. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I got involved then, and I was webmaster for five years. Okay. But, but after the second year, I became the assistant uh, gaming room coordinator. And then halfway through that summer, the fellow who'd been doing gaming for a long time had a, a big family problem came down. And so I became, like, with two months before the event, I became the head of the games room. And, uh, and so I, yeah, and I took it over, <laughs> and it was great because it gave me the opportunity to do some of the stuff that I didn't like about how he did it. Um, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, he was, he, he was like, you want a table, you have a table. I don't even care if you're at your table the whole time, that's your table. So you'd come into the games room and half the tables were just empty, uh, right. right? And and there would be free tables might have some people, but there was like it was just it was it was dead, right? So I made a point of saying no, you can have a table if you're going to have somebody there the whole time, or you can book time, short periods of time. I'll have tables that you can come in and do things. And I actually had like gaming scheduling and stuff, and uh, and then the next year I started off as the gaming person. And then the year after that, I wanted to do something else. And so he came back, but he kept some of the things that I did, although they slowly slipped over time. <laughs> but he did. And, and other people have taken it, took it on since then. And he, he's, he's had a kid since then. He's not around anymore. But I have a question with, yeah. uh, with role-playing. So what was your beginning with role-playing? Was it D&D? I started playing D&D in 1978. Yes! With the red box set. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, that's another funny story. Um, we were tell us a story. Okay, well, so my my parents had bought a cabin up at Whistler when I was four. Okay. Okay. So Whistler cabin. It was Thanksgiving. No, I guess it was Christmas, and I got this for Christmas. And between Christmas and New Year's, we'd gone up there, and my uh, uncle, my aunt, my mom's sister, and her husband, and their kids came up as well, and I wanted to play this game that I'd gotten right, and so. In the old days, how did you roll? You, you rolled six dice, and yeah. you got the number, and then, you know, you, like, it. that was it. You did and you did them in the, that order. And so <clears throat> the character that we rolled up for my uncle ended up with, like, a three in intelligence or something like this. And he <laughs> ended up being a halfling, and so his name was Quinnick, the half-wit halfling. And and it was just it was just so funny because right. he and he he totally he was one of those guys with a great imagination and and he was totally half witted like he totally did it that way so it's it was like pretty, it. they played it that way and even, we'd never done anything like that before but um, and yeah I was I DM'd because 
that's my game, whatever. Awesome. But yeah, so I, and I, I've been playing one form or another of D&D since it started, and, and I sort of stopped for a bit in high school. Like, I really didn't get into second edition. I had some first edition books. Uh, when I was in high school, I met some guys who did, but they didn't play D&D. They played other games, uh, and I tried. I can't even remember the names of them. Well, one was GURPS. But there was another right. one whose name I don't even remember. It had a really cool magic system um, involving, like, you had to find, like, like crystal drops or something, and the, you needed, like, five crystal blues and one red to do certain spells and stuff like that. No idea what it was called, but it was cool. Um, mm. And then I stopped again for a while, and I got back into it when 3 came out. Um Actually, before that, I guess, because when I went to Simon Fraser's, I met some people who were into playing, and one of them had the full collection of all of the uh, original D&D gazetteers for the known world. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, right, and, and he played that, which was what I remembered, because I started off there. And um, So are we talking Greyhawk? Is no, that... so this is not even Greyhawk. Uh, Mistara, Mistara is the name of the known world, but it's got Specularum and... Um, there's the Republic of Derrickin, and, um, if you've ever heard of Bargle, or, like, the, it's classic, basic, what they call B-E-C-M-I, basic oh. masters, like, that, okay. the, that, yeah. basic expert masters, companion, immortals. That's yeah, that's, that system there, uh, and, and, um... So we started with that, and then they'd actually re-released re the Rule Cyclopedia, which took all of that information into a book, like a sort of the, the classic hard book, which they hadn't had before, because it had always been like the soft covers that came in each set, right? right the basic right. set, the expert set, or whatever. Uh, and so we played in that for a while, um, and then 3.0 came out. And we basically moved over to 3.0, and then 3.5, because that was the improvement. And then 4 came out, and we all went, oh my god, what? Which is what most people did. And, <laughs> and so I switched to Pathfinder 3.75. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump ship. Jump ship. And, and, and so now I, I do... I have a campaign which has been on hiatus for the last year because I didn't have time for it, but I've been running that. So it is. Do you... Do you, do you, um, do you do you create your own campaigns? Do you? Um... I used to. Mm -hmm. um, but the campaign that I'm currently DMing is uh, one of Paizo's adventure paths. Oh yeah, um, and like they, um, they're really great because they they're six books and they're designed so that you start at level one and the characters will get to level something like level four or five after the first book and then when you go to the second book which is a continuation of the story okay. then you get from five to nine and then so each one of them is designed for a group of characters at a certain set of levels and it's designed so that it, one feeds into the next feeds into the next feeds into the next and then it's this whole huge arc campaign right and they and it all fits fits together in the in the world that they that they have for the uh for the pathfinder system and uh, and so yeah, so it's a great, and they have tons of these things, and it, I, I, you know, it's it's just one of the ones I picked that I thought sounded cool. <laughs> um, just thinking about say fandom is is say do you do you categorize yourself? Do you classify say like I'm interested in this? I'm just thinking of uh, Steve Forty because I I talked with Steve and, yeah. and 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 he he was like dragons. No, or it wasn't. I think it was dragons. Dragons, no, yeah, this thing. Yeah, and he was talking about getting illustrations of dragons, and he was really reluctant to put them on, and he was yeah. not connecting with fantasy. Yeah, yeah. He's a sci-fi guy. He's a sci-fi guy. 
So I'm pretty eclectic myself. Um, admittedly, I lean towards fantasy, but one of my favorite series is the Honor Harrington universe. I'm actually uh, not just a member of the Royal Manticorean Navy. Right. I'm actually yeah. Yeah. a Commodore, in the, and I am the head of Victoria Station, which is all of Western Canada, all of, uh, like, out to, Man no, up to Saskatchewan, not including Manitoba, all of the territories and Alaska, and uh, we report to the Tenth Fleet, which is all of the West Coast and Hawaii. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome. uh, and I haven't been doing very much with that right now because of Wixa Vicon, but yeah. So, then uh, that's scientific science, military science fiction, right? Sorry, and yeah. I'm not. I've read other military science fiction, and I'm like, eh. but I love David Weber's stuff. In fact, I've read lots of David Weber's books. They're all really good. Is is it say something like for you? Is it is it sort of like say character? Is it situation? Um, I like complex social, like where there's there's uh, characterizations that integrate with one another. There's a lot of realistic you know, back and forth between people. And uh, so I guess that's what I like about the Honor Harrington. Although that there's, like, in fact, when the military stuff comes on and they start talking about KPS squared and turnover and however many, I like literally, st if I'm reading the book rather than audio listening, I start skimming through that stuff because I'm like, whatever. My husband, on the other hand, who also likes the books and was in the Navy, ah. he loves that stuff. But when they start talking about the political ramic, you know, like the machinations and stuff, he kind of starts to tune that out where I'm all like, yeah, what's going on here, right, kind of thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, like, as an example, when I, somebody's like, what's your geek, right? Yeah, exactly. So I am a brown coat, Ravenclaw, um, Padawan, um, Commodore, Grayson, which is both together, and uh, Witch from Good Omens, which oh, okay. is my current thing right now. I, I, I read Good Omens when it first came out in the 90s and loved it and d gave it to a friend who gave it to a friend and then lost it and bought another one and gave it to a friend who gave it to, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, when I heard the new show was coming out, I got the audiobook, listened to it again, have now watched the show three times all the way through. And um, I, I, I'm not a fan art fan fiction person like harry potter that you know that that was my big thing for a while ravenclaw and all that and i, I think did, I, I think I even saw you i think you had an outfit yes, at the last I, do. I have the raven last year i turned 50 and we went for a two-week summer holiday well spring holiday <laughs> my birthday's in march to florida specifically to go to all the Disney things and to go to Universal Studios. And when we got to Universal Studios, I'm like, beeline for Ollivander's. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to look at anything else. And that's where we went. And, and as a birthday present, my husband bought me, like, honest-to-goodness Ravenclaw robes, right? That was the kind of thing. And I've had the hat for a while, though, um, the awesome. sorting hat. But, yes, awesome. so, so at the beginning with the whole fan fiction thing, I checked out a couple of Harry Potter fan fictions. So I was like, meh, you know. And the whole shipping thing, like, where you start getting into the kissing and the sexy style and I was like eh, whatever right and and but I was doing some stuff online last weekend the long weekend and I discovered a subsection of Good Omens fandom which is right. in today's nomenclature hashtag ineffable husbands um, which is basically shipping as Xerophel and Crowley, Crowley yeah. as a couple right. which is hilariously wonderful because not only was it part of apparently fandom before, because um, you can kind of see it in the book, 
Um, it's because of the TV show. They've basically come out and said, yep, that's it exactly, right? They love each other. They can't admit it to one another for various reasons and, and whatever. Yep. So there's all this fan fiction and all this fan art out there. And like some of the fan fiction is like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I've just uh, got sucked right into it, which is so weird because it's not normally the sort of thing that I that I get sucked into. But so that's why, like, so when I look about all the options, like Angel, Double M, Witch, you know, so good old Anathema, Anathema Device is she's my spirit character in oh, that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was interesting to see too because, uh, let's see, I think she might be uh, a Latino. Or in the movie, in, in the, the yeah. show, in the series, yeah, she's definitely a person of color. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think span like her, her mother talks to her, and I think it might be a Spanish overtone. It was something like they, she was in the United States. I think. Yeah, she's from the and United then, States. But I mean, her, 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 the Agnes Nutter. Yeah. Have you read the book? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Agnes Nutter the pro- of the prophecies was from England, so the family obviously moved somewhere. But I think that she's supposed to be like from California or something, which is like maybe she's Mexican or you know I'm not yeah. sure. It, it yeah. isn't clear, but but yeah. Um, but that the, the show. Have you seen the show? Oh yes. Okay, so the show is amazing, right? Is they they totally go yeah gender like gender doesn't matter, right? I, like you I know ha- I have I, the only part the only the only part for me was. Uh, this is spoilers, so... Yeah, uh, spoilers, spoilers, let's woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Uh, uh, Let's see, how can I say this? Uh, it, it's sort of like the, 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 the final confrontation. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, it sort of fell apart, but mm-hmm. it almost fell apart in the sense of, but this is kind of a kid... Like, say, if I was a kid watching this, I yeah. would feel very safe about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, but the adult in me was like, going, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. And then the child part of me was like, this, this is awesome. awesome. <laughs> and that's what the story is about, though, when you read the story. Because it's Neil yeah. Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. And Terry Pratchett's stuff, it's that ridiculous, crazy stuff, right? And then, and then Neil is the one who kind of gets into the more, like, with Sandman and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah, the two yeah. of them together, it just meshed so well. And, of course, what's cool about the show is that apparently there was, they talked about doing a sequel, and they never did it. I was I was going to ask you, yeah. if they, if, yeah. if so, say, Neil did a sequel, do you think that that Well, so they've go? asked him about that, too. So apparently he and Terry talked about a potential sequel and all the angel stuff. Right. Like, Gabriel gets briefly mentioned in the, in the book, right. and that's it. But there's way more of Gabriel and the other angels in the TV s- series. And that stuff was stuff that he and Terry had talked about, about if there was a potential sequel. Oh. Okay. okay, and so he brought that into the show, right? right? But he's kind of said, like, no, I, I don't, it, I, I, I can't say absolutely no. He said, but at the same time, I don't see, without Terry, there being more kind of thing. My, Which is fine. I think it's perfect. <laughs> my, my writer gut feeling, because I, when I was reading it, I, I looked at it and went and sort of, what parts did they do? Did they send each other mm. drafts? Yes. Did they sort of like, okay, Terry does a draft? Oh, yeah. So basically, at the time, Gaiman was working on the Sandman series, right? right? So he was very much into illustration and stuff, right? And so um, he, and also he was in, in the United States and so there was a big time difference as well so from what they've basically said is that the actual sort of writing was largely Terry but there were specific 
uh, to start off with, there were specific scenes and ideas that were introduced by each of them. Right. But in the end, they basically, yeah, it was like a lot of back and forth with probably email, I guess, because it was the 90s, just the beginning of email time, right? right. You know, yeah, or, yeah, you know, or phone, and phone calls and stuff like that to kind of to kind of take a work that stuff out. But they figure maybe two-thirds or three-quarters th- three or something would be like Terry wrote, actually wrote what it was, but it all, they, they totally reviewed it with each other the whole time, right? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's just kind of become, you know, Omens is my thing right now, so it's sort of devolving. And I was going to no, say, no, no, I, missed, <clears throat> I missed one of my, <clears throat> I said Ravenclaw, blah, 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 but I'm also... A um, enchanter. Um, shoot, there's there's two. There's a class that's a prestige class in 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 D and D. And so yeah, enchanter, which is uh, um, a wizard that specializes in the enchantment, right? Yeah. And then there's a this prestige class which kind of carries on top of enchantment. Like, it makes more of that whole charming and kind of stuff. And I wrote a, a module that I actually submitted the idea to uh, Dungeon oh. b- before it got yeah. shut down from being Paizo's book. And unfortunately, they had recently put another uh, oh. thing that had a similar theme. I mean, it was different, but it right. was just close enough. They were like, we're really sorry. But I had I'd written it, uh, and then I for three and then I re- started rewriting it for Pathfinder but I never it never went anywhere but the main character the evil character the villainess and I'd run it my party through it right um, she was this class combination in, in thing and her name is Matrisa the Enchantress and uh, I have a piece of art that I did of her that you can actually buy the poster of on Zazzle if you're so inclined. Woo-hoo. And people have. Oh, serious? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, and in talents. fact, a really good friend of Skills. mine liked it so much, he bought the poster from Zazzle and then had me sign. Like, it's got my signature on it, but he had me sign it as well. So Okay, well, gra- okay, graphic arts. Uh, like, has, has oh, that always been his? Oh, so wait. So, I'm a user experience designer. So, I do... The, I work on the yeah, right. user experience and making uh, software intuitive and easy to use and understand and I happen to work in sort of business to business software like lots of data and and that kind of thing so not like what you see on a website or or whatever like not not so much that it's more 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 business oriented not so commercial oriented but I I fell into that from having I mean engineering I could have gone into computing science but I fell into that from ergonomics and user, what they right. called user interface, the user experience didn't exist as a term when I was at school. Was like user user interface, user interface, okay, user. and usability were right. the kind of things. But all of that is combined together. But I fell into that because I, I have also always had an artistic tendency. My mom's an artist. My aunt's an artist. My grandmother's an artist. And my son is an artist. And in fact, my son is such an artist cool. that he spent two years working on his portfolio, applied to Capilano College, and has just started yes. his. Uh, first uh, university course is a two-month summer certificate in the fundamentals <laughs> of animation. And then in September, oh. he starts the two-year diploma, 3D animation for film and games. Uh, and, and kind of segue, but uh, I, and stop me if it's not okay to talk about, but say, is that, say, an avenue that, uh, say, that he's pursuing, say, yeah, animation? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when he was five... He told us that he wanted to grow up and work for Hasbro because he wanted to develop his own Transformers. Oh. Oh, wait, 
And that was that was the official Hasbro. Look at that. So, as I was saying before the siren went by. That's right. So, yeah, when he was five, he told us he wanted to become Hasbro because he he wanted to work for Hasbro because he wanted to make design Transformers. And he actually used to make his own Transformers out of Lego. He would actually sit there with no plan. He'd put it all together, and it would actually transform. Sometimes you'd have to unhook something and rotate it. Like, but if he could make them, it was when Bionicles had just come out. So there was a lot of those pieces that you could kind of do that stuff. So that was always what his thing was, was whole about, you know, and then right. he got into the idea of doing the 3D animation stuff because, you know, mech warriors and, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And and so that's kind of where he went. And when he was in school, he ended up taking a lot of art classes and, and 3D. There, were the, there was an actual 3D animation course in his high school that he took, and so, yeah. Uh, shifting slightly, yeah. Um, say, with VCon and, VCon and families, yes. and um, is that something, say, that say you've encountered? Like, do you sort of, have you bonded with other oh. VCon families? Uh, so, sort of, in some ways. Um, so I started taking Nathan to VCon when he was nine. Um, my husband was, and still kind of is, a closet geek. He uh, loves geeky things. Like, you know, go in our house and we've got so geek stuff everywhere, geek books, right? Yeah. But he cares... He cares what the muggles think. So, you know, he'll wear a costume on Halloween because everybody wears costumes on Halloween. He will wear a costume now that he comes to VCon. He will wear a costume at VCon. But you would never catch him dead in the mall buying McDonald's in costume. Whereas I would have no problem going to the mall in costume and buying McDonald's. Right, right. right, So it's a totally different attitude. And he would wouldn't come to VCon. He was like, you know. And um, when our son was about nine he had started to get annoyed with me for going out for a whole weekend and not doing stuff with the family right and I'm like fine I'll take Nathan with me I'm like you can come too if you want but if I take Nathan it's a mom you know so, and so 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 before this it was a mum thing you were gonna thing. you were gonna go off and do your you know, yeah I was, I'm gonna have fun a couple of times, yeah and he got annoyed about that and I said fine so I started taking Nathan and this was after I'd this was after I we'd come back and we were living here, and and uh, um, I, I think the thing that made him the, the first time he got annoyed was it was thanks it was the f- one time that we were on Thanksgiving before the more recent times that we were on Thanksgiving, and I when we were living in the states and we'd come up here and my family often went to the cabin at Whistler right. for Thanksgiving, and. I wanted to go to VCon, and they wanted to go to the cabin. I'm like, well, that's fine. You guys go. We had two cars at the time. I'm like, you take your car. I'm going to go to VCon all of Friday, all of Saturday, and then I will come up Saturday. I will come up Saturday night, and I won't go to VCon on Sunday so that I can be for the for the. We usually had dinner on the Sunday, but it, it made him really annoyed that I oh. chose to do this rather than be with the family for the whole weekend. And uh, and so I was like, fine, I'll take Nathan with me. It'll be a mum son thing. And Nathan's been going since he was nine. And he went in the costume contest, and he's won. You know, and he he <laughs> loves it, right? So part of okay, that, awesome. he hung out in the kid con back when we still had like a room where the kids could go. Right. And uh, as one of the kids that had free reign, like they could come and go. And so he made friends with other kids who were at his same age group. And so it it turned out there were a couple who were uh, the woman. Danielle Stevens ran VCon as the chair for a number of years, right. starting from about 2006 or so. And her son was one of the people that Nathan came close to. But, yeah, as a, as a general rule, um, there are lots of families who have come, and I know who they are, but it hasn't really been that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Uh, one, one thing I've just thought of is talk about, I, I think it could be called multi-generational. Yes. And I remember sort of, uh, is it Gadfly, where you're sort of uh, listening into conversations yeah, at yeah. Under, other con- conventions yeah. talking. And uh, like, say, Facebook groups, and they're talking about how, uh, discussions about how actually, it, you know, some people are saying, you know, this is great, yeah. or they miss it. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, multi-generational. multi-generational well I mean VCon's great because we've had we still have people who have been coming since the first VCon in 1971 who right. still attend still participate still um, in fact uh, Graham Cameron who if you haven't interviewed, yeah, yeah. you should. Uh, he um, has started it, the first one, and he does our writers' workshops when we have them. Um, although apparently he might not be able to make it this year, which is sad. But um, it's uh, we've got that, and then we have the younger people who are coming, you know, now that that are just finding us, mm-hmm. and then we have all, you know, every age range. And we've had we we've always been family friendly. We do have some late night programming in the evenings after about nine, but but we always have stuff for kids. We used to have an actual kid con where you could drop your kids off and stuff, but insurance makes it impossible now. We just can't afford to pay the extra cost it would cost us to have like a babysitting kind of thing. So that's, that's unfortunate, but, but we still try to have, like we have a kid zone area, which is, you know, while you're in hospitality, you can drop them off to play with Lego and stuff like that so that they're they're busy. (laughs) And that was, that was so interesting to see uh, last year. Mm -hmm. That was the first year we had the kids. Because oh, okay. that was the first year that we really had to like we have we can't do the KidCon anymore. We've been doing it without insurance, and then we realized that we actually needed the insurance. And then we were like, ah, now that we know that this is a case, then really we shouldn't be doing it because if something happens, then that's a problem, right? So say what what happens in the kids zone? Is it say that so there's things set up and mm-hmm. it partitioned off? Yeah, and- yeah. So um, basically, like one corner of the hospitality room will be set aside with something making a boundary whether it's chairs or whether it's a um uh, the stanchions and cord or whatever and then there's kids books and uh the the plan was we wanted to have some like uh beanbag chairs and some blankets and stuff so that you could kind of snuggle up with your kids or whatever if they wanted to have a nap in the corner we didn't quite get that this year this last year but you know we'll see every year how it goes and you know my brother my son has this huge bucket of lego and i just brought it you know, and oh, it's yeah. like like it's an entire Rubbermaid bin. I know other people have more, but it was enough for for that kind of thing. Yeah. No, it so, was it was yeah, good. Yeah. Because I I remember walking by it and I going I know what this is. Yeah. This is a great idea. This is the kids area. Yeah. 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 And we put it in the hospitality so that parents could yeah. basically get a coffee or whatever while their kids are and they could they go go play over here. I'm gonna zone out <laughs> over here now kind of thing. So that was that was good. Um, and we usually have somebody there to kind of want, just to keep an eye on things, make sure kids aren't fighting. Uh, I just wanted to jump back for a second yeah. before I forgot. And so go back to say almost like the, the beginnings yeah. of your fandom. Yeah. Um, was, was that something that say, like say you were surrounded, you know, you had it at home. Was there shows and books and, or was this? So, f- books, yes. Are you a black sheep? Yeah, no, books, yes, definitely. Oh, okay. Um, okay. so my, my, my mom's an English teacher. Uh, my dad's a lawyer and uh, always reading all kinds of stuff. And yes, there were some my, books of that nature. My mom was not much into fantasy and science fiction. My dad was maybe a little bit into it a bit. You know, they liked James Bond and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but 
like when Harry Potter came out, not, my mother loved it, you know, and she oh, would, the, she and my dad would read it to each other because oh, wow. you know, they couldn't stand to be at different parts, right? So, you know, it, it, she, she didn't not like science fiction. In fact, Star Wars, like she loved, you know, like, so that kind of thing. And I, I would have to say that Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons, which were both in the 78 time right. period, yeah. right? Yeah. Those were, those were like the things that introduced me to science fiction and fantasy stuff right and i mean i'd read watership down which was like one of my favorite books when I, and it's kind of fantasy with the rabbits and everything and uh there are other books that kind of fall into the category but when i think when i think about it that's really kind of the that whole dungeons and dragons and and star wars were like the start for me of like when i really sort of realized i loved that kind of stuff I, I was talking with uh, Patrick Bolivar yes. uh, just a, yeah just a couple of days ago another another writer and and he was talking about dungeons I was like so what was your you know yeah. how did you get started Dungeons and Dragons this is awesome yeah yeah That's... Uh, yeah uh, okay so um, from from that starting off with um, that uh, fantasy influence and in, in science fiction yeah. and. Is is there something say that you you missed out on and that you wished that you were part of? Like say I'm thinking of for me it's kind of like say uh, older Doctor Who and right. I, I get curious about that. Oh, I was like, what would it have been like, like to... to actually watched it while it was happening? You know, I have vague recollections of seeing maybe one or two episodes of Doctor Who with whichever one it was that has the long scarf. Yeah, yeah, because that was on yeah, around yeah. that time, but I never really watched it. I mean. I remember the TV shows that we watched were things like Moonlighting and Hill Street Blues yeah, and yeah. St. Elsewhere <laughs> yeah. and Remington Steel. Remington Steel. Remington Steel, yeah. right? Like, so I remember those, right? And there isn't anything from that time. I mean, Star Trek was something that was also on and that we watched and, you know, good old cartoons and I Dream of Jeannie and you so, know. so fandom was something that was more say later it was definitely uh, for me university. it was later university became a big thing like my aside from Star Wars I mean I okay the original Star Wars movie which to right. me is Star Wars that's it yeah. Star Wars it is not Star Wars A New Hope it is not even episode 4 it is Star Wars okay because I saw it when it was Star oh, Wars and it didn't even say episode 4 right it just it didn't it, right Star Wars thank you yeah thank they, you. yeah they say so I saw that movie in the theaters 65 times and then I stopped counting my god right and I, we loved that series so much that when the when the third movie came out, my dad let me skip out of school. He dropped me off at 5 o'clock in the morning to get in line. I was not the first in line, but I was close <laughs> to the front to go, and I was going to buy tickets for the family for the evening. And when I got there, they would only sell tickets for the morning. Right. So I called, went to the payphone. Called my, <laughs> called my parents from the painful and said they wouldn't let me buy tickets so I bought a ticket for me I'm seeing it now and then I'm going to get back in line and I will buy tickets for you for this evening and so my my dad came by later and brought me lunch for McDonald's and you know whatever right that's and, awesome and that was that was that was the thing right yeah. that was that was the thing and of course this was before you know video movies had started to come out but it was so then I watched it on VHS and you know but at the time the only way you got to see a movie really was to see it and it also wasn't as expensive as it is now I mean I remember it was two two bucks to go to a movie um, something that I've just sort of stumbled on okay. is yeah, popcorn yeah. 
There we go. Uh, uh, I, I, I've just uh, been finding out about this, this new adaptation of Dune. Yes. And uh, I can't remember the director's name. It's like Villeneuve, Villeneuve or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he French. Did, he did, um, he's actually a Canadian. Was he Quebec? Yeah, and uh, if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he did, uh, not Contact, um, Arrival. Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yes, he's, def- he's and Canadian. Bla- and then Blade Runner, actually. Oh, did he do the new Blade yeah, Runner? Yeah, for Ridley Scott, that. yeah. yeah. Uh, what am I thinking uh, say adaptation uh, where do you stand on that like say going from because of course some people ah there's yeah. a smile so there it's really funny because I only actually just read Dune fairly recently hey, it was hey, one hey, of those hey. books that I was like I should read it but I never had <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, I picked it up and I haven't read all of it I only read like the first book which is great and I'd seen parts of some of the older ones, but they didn't really capture my... Like, I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. Having read the book now, um, I can understand why anything earlier probably didn't quite hit the mark. Because really, when you think about it, now we can achieve the things that... The fantastic things that those books and stories encompass mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. film. Right, mm-hmm. we can we we have the technology to make that happen. What, what your son's getting into right now? Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and 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 more so. Like I mean, I I, I like to use um, the um, Ready Player One. Oh yeah, as an example. Yeah. Because I mean the the concept, which is a new book, but the concept of being like an internal inside the computer thing. Uh, you can buy it. You buy it completely. You're like, yeah, that's now. that's now, right? Yeah. But if they tried to do that, you know, ten years ago, it would have been closer to like reboot. You remember reboot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. the they look like computer generated things, and they don't look like people, right? Or, or something like Last Starfighter, where yeah. you don't even get, you know, you, yeah. you sort of like you get picked up and then taken off. And, yeah, 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 exactly. And so now the 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 ability, the capabilities of the computers and the and the, you know, but they can actually get that right. make it so and i think whatever they do there's a good chance that they will do a, a they will do it justice with something like um with something like star wars right. uh, like say if if they uh if they went and they did it and it was you know a huge amount of CGI. Right. Well, like, actually, that's one of the problems I have with the early... with. So, the thing about Star Wars, the first one was done on quite a tight budget, yeah. and his wife, Lucas's wife, right. uh, who's his ex-wife now, was the main editor. That's right. And honestly, she is really what made the difference, Agreed. right? And then yes. the second movie, The Empire Strikes Back, was the same. And the third movie, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, I think she'd left by that point, because it's, it's a little bit more... It's not as tight, right? So then when he came back and decided to do the prequels, he did more CGI, um, particularly after it's been like the 20... You know how they updated it and they Mm -hmm. added the stuff? The little... Sometimes those are improvements. Sometimes they are not, right? Like... Or or scenes like... uh, I think it was like a Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, like that. Which was a cool idea and it's too bad that he walked around the guy because, you know, they... They put it in, mm-hmm. um, but they had to make him walk on the tail, you know, kind of thing. Um, but for me, it's like the whole sing- the scene with the singer in uh, Jab- Jabba's uh, barge. You know, to me, they, 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 the original one, which was done puppet style, like um, okay. Jim Henson puppet style, yeah, yeah. they replaced it with a CGI singer. And it's like, I'm like, why? It was fine. I mean, when you compare it, like we just saw... 
my husband and my son and I uh, went to see the VSO, uh, Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, doing uh, the live um, Empire Strikes Back. And it was it's amazing. If you ever get an opportunity to do any of... They do a lot of the movies. They do Harry Potter, and they're doing a Bugs Bunny thing coming up soon. But um, I was watching it, and I'm like, it was top-of-the-line special effects wow. for its time, wow. right? But now when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? And, of course, they were maquettes. They were, like, the small little things. And you can tell that it's like, you know, the, 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 the tauntauns are like that jerky thing and it's like okay but if you oh that's right it was stop motion it was stop motion exactly and the walkers they were stop motion that wasn't the cgi stuff and the problem with the cgi is it it wasn't ready yet when they brought out the same do you know what i mean like now if he did the prequels now Mm, yeah 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 like the level of the cgi would be that much better so are are you a purist though like say if 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 they did that if if uh, i guess it's disney if if disney said okay reboot we're gonna get a new luke skywalker etc if i think it would be interesting and i'm actually it's like i'm actually kind of looking forward to that for um harry potter Right. I'm thinking that probably within the next 20, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. they'll be like, it's time to redo them. Wh- how about a TV show like a like and a that's Net- what Netflix? I would love them to do. It's like, let's do the long form <laughs> exactly. TV. Right. Because then you can actually give each book yeah. the yeah. Des- time it like, deserves. Like Good Omens. Know? Like they've done with Good Omens, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Six yeah. hours is perfect. It gives you enough time to kind of get enough backstory and get all that information. And, and like in, with the Harry Potter, you could probably do... The first two books in a season, mm-hmm. right? Because you know they're uh, they're fairly tight. They're smaller, right? And then you could do the third book as a season, and then the fourth book, which is now you're starting. That's the you know the Twilight tournament, and they're starting to get longer. Yeah. You know, you maybe third and fourth, but and then the the sixth and seventh, and now you're gonna you know maybe have half. You know, maybe not half and half, but maybe one and a half and a half and a, or whatever, right? Yeah. They could to- totally do that. And uh, it's like also the Honor Harrington ser- books. The, 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 somebody had the rights to do the movie, but it the the company went bankrupt, and so the rights have reverted back to David Weber. And I happen to know that he um, maybe there's somebody he might be talking to who's at, like Lionsgate right. soon. Right. Uh, that's hush hush. Like nobody really knows whether anything's going to happen or not. But but they are thinking more of the long form. TV rather than the, the movie. Again, it's yeah. there's like 17 books in the series, right? right? right like right, so, right, it right. would d- definitely lend itself to that. So, uh, we're we're moving into the wrap up. Yeah. And uh, just to move <laughs> back to yeah, uh, and I loved it. Uh, uh, moving back to VCon. Yes. And say, let's see, plans and we're just talking about what's coming up next right. for VCon. Um. So for VCon, um. So. Um, one of the things is we're over the Thanksgiving long weekend, so we've decided um, that on the Saturday we are going to have a separately ticketed uh, dinner event that's a Geeksgiving event, I was, yeah, right? So, turkey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're gonna have we're gonna have some you know basically turkey dinner and stuff, and it's like uh, probably two seating, so it's like if you you can come at six or you can come at seven or something like that, 
uh, buffet or style. We're, we haven't figured out all the details yet, but the idea is like, you know what? If you want to come and hang out with your geeky friends, but it's Thanksgiving, it's like, you know what? We'll have the separate ticketed on. You can bring people who aren't interested in the rest of VCon. Like, oh. it'll be open to the public and just come and have a geek and we'll have some entertainment of some kind. Like, I don't know who we got. To, we've got some people we're talking with, but sort of geeky style and entertainment to go with your food and, you know, come hang out with your geeky friends and, you know, if you're, even if your family is super geeky they'd still you know share share something that way um every friday on the friday evening we always have a multi-author book launch for local authors who are have had something released whether it's a story or a poem or a, a novel in the last year basically since the previous uh Vcon yeah. and up until the end of the calendar year and the reason we do that is because some people don't realize that it's not up to VCon. So, like, we're like, yeah, if you're, like, in the next couple of months, sure, we'll take you. But then when it's the next year, we're like, well, if you didn't realize that we would take you in that little piece, we'll take you this year kind of thing. Right, so right. we're trying to kind of cover it as much as possible. So that's it on the Friday. Um, we have the vendor hall and we have an art space. So this year the we've often had the artist alley and the vendors together. But this year we're having an art space, so the art gallery and the artist's alley like the tables for the artists and some tables for art programming will all be in all together. Okay. But actually all of that, the vendors and the art are all going to be together. So basically one huge ballroom is going to be just set up with things that you can buy and sell and look at and participate and stuff like that. And that's also open to the public. We we're like, you want to come and look at stuff and buy it by all means. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so then, um, and the book launch is also open to the public. Okay. Um, and then otherwise, it's the stuff we always have. You know, we've got some really good guests coming this year. Um, the theme being superpowered, we have two uh, young adult superhero novel uh, series writers. One's Canadian, uh, James Allen Gardner. One's American, uh, Marion G. Harmon. And their series are uh, Marion's uh, series is the Wearing the Cape series. Right, right. Uh, about uh, a young lady who becomes a superhero in a, in a world where there are, it's like a common thing. And uh, and then in the other one, James Allen Gardner's series, uh, the series is called the Stark versus Spark series. And it's basically about these four college kids who acquire these powers. And like each book is, gonna, is from one of their point of views. Two of them have been written so far. Um, and uh, and they're just it's it's a, it's actually kind of cross between superheroes and paranormal because okay. the dark so the spark right. is the superheroes and the dark are uh, like the werewolves and ghosts and vampires and, and who've you know so it's 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 a really interesting take on both of those things together and then we we also have as a popular culture we have um, uh, Hope Nicholson who is a Canadian publisher of graph and editor of graphic novels of and uh, particularly Canadian stuff uh, she's based out of Winnipeg. Nilvana of the North, I think? Yes, Nilvana yeah. of the North, and uh, she also was involved with uh, something with uh, Margaret Atwood. That's right. I can't remember yeah. which one it was now, but in any case, so she's she'll be there, and then we have an artist, guest of honor, whose name is, I'm going to say it wrong, her name is Kaisia 
Shupetska. You did it. Did I get it right? You Shupetska. did it. And yeah. it's spelt with like the L. Is it's like it looks like it's an L. It's got a slash in it. Yeah. I had to ask her how do you pronounce it. And she was like, the problem was the C because she said, and I'm like, oh, it's like the T Z sound. And she said, yeah, okay, that's that's good. So we figured that out. Um, what's interesting is she's actually from Poland. I didn't know that when she was originally invited, but it's kind of cool. The reason I, she was invited is because she did a lot of the artwork right. for the role-playing game that Marion uh, Harmon kickstarted based in his universe. And and so um, I participated in that. And in fact, oh, one, right. yeah. one of the things he did, one of the rewards you could pay for was to have the right to make a character and have it included in the second guidebook that he was producing, which is called The B-Files, which oh. is like basically an NPC, like a bunch of different well, players, cool. right? Cool. And I'm like, I am totally doing that. So there is a character in the in that book that's, that I invented, right? And and, and she did... Oh, the, uh, her, she goes by Prism is her superhero okay, cool. name. Okay, uh, and, um, Awesome. Yeah, she's, uh, uh, she's a photokinetic. So she can... Uh, Basically, do just about anything with light. Right, you know, she right. can she can make a laser. She can she can look like you know those things with mirror like a periscope. She can like do that, but she doesn't actually have to have it. Like she can just be. I want to look around the corner over there. So she she's got a certain some limitations, obviously. But yeah, she actually the way it's defined is she makes these portals that have no no width, no depth, right? right? And there's one that's there. That this is the front, and the, like the, you go in here. If a light piece of light comes in here, the photon comes out there like instantly right kind of thing and so it's like sort of like trans um transporting yeah, yeah. light and stuff technically she could do uh like radio any kind of electromagnetic wave but like the amount of effort and willpower oh, needed to do things outside of the visible light range she can do a little bit on like the ultraviolet a little bit on the infrared but, but limitations, but, but limitations. Yeah. yeah exactly and she can do things like she can make chaff right she, she can make she makes a whole bunch of little little tiny ones that just make light sparkle right. it's like all of a sudden you can't see anything right or she could like make fog by making it reflect back so she, she's got a lot of really cool functions and i did a lot of research into uh uh, uh photo um how photo photonics and it turns out that in mcgill there's actually a photonics lab at the university mcgill so she's from fort st john british oh, columbia yeah, okay. but she lives in uh uh toronto uh because she's uh goes to she got her master's she's she's working on her yeah she's got her master's she's working on her phd in uh in photonics and 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 so like i did serious research and made sure that you know all her different p things and stuff like that yes. anyway yeah. I, i'm pleased as a writer I'm yeah 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 so i i, I always figured i'd I, D, &D we, is kind of my writing <laughs> we, we have there's i know there's a couple more pe there's there's a couple more people on the on the guest of honor lists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it turns out that uh, Marion, yeah. who uh, lives in Las Vegas, is really really close friends with a fellow whose name is uh, Maxwell Alexander Drake. That's it. Yeah. Right now, and he goes by Drake, and he has Drake U. He is a world class writing uh, instructor. In fact, he awesome. was the only author who was invited to the very first Comic Con held in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Anyway, they're really good friends, and they often travel to conventions together. And this is the first time that Marion has been invited as the guest of honor. And he's like, can I bring Drake as my plus one? <laughs> and I'm like, sure! <laughs> he's like, he'll happily do anything you want. So so he's, he's yeah, woot! So he's coming. And um, 
somebody had suggested another guest to us as a science guest of honor. His name is um, yes, yeah, Ethan, Ethan um, Siegel, who lives down in Washington State. And um, we'd already invited people. So I, I said to him, I said, well, if you're willing to come up here, right, we'll, we can make you a special guest. We'll give you a room, but we can't, like, pay for your transportation kind of thing. Right. Since you're in Washington, you can drive if that's okay with you. I said, and if things work out, maybe we can pay your gas, but it'll depend on how well we do financially and stuff like that. And he's like, that's great. And it turns out he's also a cosplayer, and he likes to cosplay like science. like sci but yeah. he did like uh um was he it has a, a yeah, I don't know or? but the la the pictures that we have that he gave me to put on our our website he's dressed as Elsa from Frozen it's hilariously funny cuz he's got this serious yeah, beard yeah, right yeah. like that's twisted and stuff like that and he's got the little tiara on and the wonderful little, sense of humor it's great yeah and uh so yeah so he's yeah. uh he's coming as well as a special guest and we're also because super powered super powered superheroes are so tightly connected with comics we're trying to bring in some comics special comic guests we do have one person who has said that they're definitely interested will probably come on the saturday and may also come on the sunday they can't come on the friday but we haven't settled things yet so we haven't announced it yet but right. it should get announced soon okay. and uh, there's a couple of other people we're in talks with so we'll see Fantastic. Uh, let's see. How, how much time have we got? We got we got four minutes. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just racking my brain with things, questions. So uh, uh, for programming, uh, when, is that usually closer to uh, yeah, October? We, yeah, we usually try. Ideally, we finish the programming, the, the base level of programming, right. you know, by the middle of September. Okay. Right? And, or, and if we can get the, if we can get the, skeleton out there before the beginning of September that's what we like but it kind of just depends on how things go right sometimes we don't know until a week before <laughs> and, and, and is it is it uh, because from my memory it was it was sort of like going going to going to people who usually yeah. go to VCon and sort of say asking well what would you like yeah, to yeah. do or see yeah, or? yeah exactly there's a lot of people that come all the time and like make suggestions yeah. and we do have a public forum that anybody can submit an idea right. but then if you submit an idea we have to find out if people are interested and that's what that's what takes the time it's like here are all first of all let's get all the ideas then we have to say okay here are all the ideas and you've been invited to participate what interests you uh. and then we have to say okay well this one has nine people who want to do it so obviously it's popular okay Okay, fine, good to know. And then there's this one that has three people, but we don't have very many other things about this stuff, so we'll take those three people, which means that we won't put those two of those three people who also, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Tetris, right, <laughs> with times and people. What, what is something, besides, besides people attending, what is something that you want uh, to sort of like say, you know, please, you know, Oh, well, I mean, obviously attending, buying it, and tickets are, you know, cheaper when you buy them online. Um, but uh, just... Volunteers uh, right. at the event, we always need people to help out because we're entirely volunteer run. Like okay. we have no corporate corporation behind us. Um, um, we are looking for sponsors who are willing to either provide things in kind. Um, you know, if you're a co coffee shop and you want to donate coffee to our hospitality, like that's a possibility. Um, but you know, if you're a game store, all, all kinds of things, but also financial support in fact is better because the cost of, uh, convention space has gone up quite a lot in, mm. in the last little while. And, and we're, we've been struggling with that. So that's why we have the pop-up bookshops is to try and raise some extra money. Why we did our auction just recently. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... 
um, you know, get involved, volunteer, follow us on social media. We're on, you know, Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, I think we have an Instagram, but we don't use it very often. So Twitter and Facebook are the main things. We have a website, with a we-, we have a blog. We try and keep things up there from time to time. And just, you know, keep an eye out, pay attention when we're doing things that are fundraising. If they interest you at all, come check it out. And, you know, every little bit, dollar here, dollar there, helps. The the theme is super powered. Yes. Um, is let's see, is it sort of like more kind of like a broad? Yeah, we try. So whenever it's whenever I'm doing the thing, I try to make it broad. So so super powered. The obvious thing is superheroes and supervillains, right, right? Right. But it's also super geniuses and super computers, superconductors, super glue, right? Like if it's super supernatural. Oh, right, like, it, wow. like it's okay, super, yeah. super powered, right? Like something super, right? Super. And so, you know, obviously, yes, it'll be mostly superheroes and supervillains will be like that. That's the top of the theme. But we will try and cover as much other super things as we can. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that we'll have in programming won't have anything to do with the theme, right? We, we usually have like a track that's theme focused and then everything else can be anything else. I, and that's something I noticed last year was it, it wasn't just because it was... Yeah, it was British Invasion. So because yeah. it was 42, which is Douglas Adams, which is British, so British Invasion, right? So when we, we did have me. Harry Potter and we had Doctor Who and, we, you know, we had a little bit of that stuff, but everything else was everything else, so... This is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is, let's see. Have you, have you planned anything as far as costume or are you going to, are you going to play it straight and just do the Clark Kent thing? If I have the time. Yeah. uh, So I actually have a superhero costume, which is the mighty Merrifields. It's my family. We're blue and black in different combinations. (laughs) And we wore it to Emerald City Comic Con. And then we had a photo shoot with Will Wheaton and Felicia Day. All of us in costume. It's the best photo I have ever had taken. Um, uh, my husband won't wear it anymore because he's the muggle doesn't like, but I love it. And I actually wore it to uh, Capital City Comic Con when I was handing out flyers for VCon. So this may so, happen So again. this may happen. Uh, and it's, so there's that. Um, but uh, on another front, uh, I've, I'm this close to convincing my husband to go as Crowley to my Aziraphale. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if yeah. we can pull that off. He's a little taller and narrower than me, so it works. <laughs> oh, that would be so cute. Yeah. So cute. Well, th- Jenny, thank you. Yeah, great. Yes. Uh, shake hands. Yeah, shake hands. Yeah. All right. Uh, and thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs>